Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. Tonight, Pastor James is going to start our journey off in John chapter 4. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. Well, thank you, Dorothy. I'm telling you, uh, I've been studying on other things lately because I had a, a son of mine. Uh, got ordained yesterday down in Atlanta, Georgia. And so I had to see which way the Lord was going to lead me to give him a scripture. And that's what he did. And it was really a a great scripture to be blessed. And that was Psalms uh, 67. And I'm going to read that and then we'll go into John. It says, God be merciful unto us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. You notice he's making it personal. He's bringing it not just everybody. He said us. That's someone that's close to him. God wants us to be close to him. That thy ways may be known upon the earth, the saving help among all nations. In other words, God says he's, he's pulling us out so that we can be the light to the world and that the world will know through us that we love one another and that God loves us and that we can spread the love to them. And it says to all nations. Then it says, let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Let all the nations be glad and sing for joy. For thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the the nations with upon the earth. In other words, the devil can't defeat you. Till he steals your joy. And that's what this all this stuff has been going on about the impeachment and everything. They should not even worry about that. They need to worry about our people here in the United States. There's people that's homeless. There's people without food. There's people that have uh, uh, nothing to look forward to. Instead of using all that money to pay the Congress to vote on something that said, well, he was trying to cheat so he could win the presidency. If God don't want him to win, he wouldn't won. Last time, all those people that Democrat voted against him, and he still won. I try to tell you, you're on the wrong side. If you, if you, if whatever God wants to do, that's what He wants to do. But He was, uh, our businesses got better, jobs has got better, our uh, healthcare has got cheaper. Right now, I'm paying zero. And last year, I was paying, or the, before he got in there, I was paying about a hundred dollars a month. So he's been good for the economy. He's been good for the United States. And the way the things are going now, wasting time on that instead of helping the people. You know, say God's going to judge these folks. You know, and that's what I'm saying. Once the devil steals your joy, that's what, he, that's what he's doing to the United States. And then that's when the devil can defeat you. But as long as you keep your joy and say, no matter what, God's got this. God can do this, and will he touch the people's heart 
that will righteously start getting back to the people before the voting so that everybody don't have to be Republican, but people can be there with a, a sound mind and a sound heart and doing what is right. All right. Now, the fifth verse is, let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. This is We're on the earth to obey God. We're not here to obey man except if they're obeying God. And people just got to, don't realize this is nothing but a test. If we on the wrong side when the voting is, and then we have to appear before heaven. We're going to be judged. And woe unto them. They are, God is in an angry mood and sitting on the throne room and ready to judge all the earth. But anyway, I tell people, it's going to be a time. God's coming back. The world's going to be judged. And God's going to get rid of the, those that were against him. And he's going to bring in all the righteousness of heaven with him through his son, which is the word of God. So let's turn to John, St. John, the fourth chapter, starting with the first verse. St. John, the fourth chapter, starting with the first verse. And it starts on in this wise. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus had made and baptized more disciples than John, Though, through the truth, Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples did. He left Judea and departed again until Galilee. And he, he must need there. He had, to, had necessity to go through there into Samaria. God always knows what's going on. Nothing catches God by surprise. He is not blindsided. The thing is, he allows people to have free will. And because we have free will, even his son had free will to be upon this planet to either obey God, which is his father, or obey what he wanted to do. And he chose to obey the father. Then it says here, uh, then, then cometh he into the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, therefore, being weary with his journey, sat down upon the well, and it was about the sixth hour, which means it was about noon. Now, here's the thing. The Bible always had things, and we got to search this thing out. A lot of the stuff that's in the Bible is talking about our own private uh, journey. God is trying to get us to journey through this pathway, which is a test, and get through this place. Satan is the warden. Satan is the god of this world. Satan doesn't like us because we don't obey him. We don't belong to him. We are pilgrims passing through passing through, and our job is to obey God and pass through doing the right things. I had a, uh, people just don't realize a little lie is a lie. 
And the Bible tells us that all liars will have their part in the lake of fire, which burneth forever. So then you should be careful in what you say and how you say things, because the Bible says that you're going to have to give an account for every idle word, useless words that you use. So as a saint of God, or as becoming a saint of God, we have to watch what we say and what we think. We're supposed to be being made into the image of God's dear son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why it says we were made in the image and likeness of God. He wants us to think like him. He wants us to walk like them, like him, but he wants us to do it freely, not being under duress, but doing it freely. So that's why when you read these things, look at this. When he said he, he was tired, we get tired on the journey. He, he, he said at the well, we need a refill every once in a while, especially those that are filled with the Holy Ghost, because we leak. We got, we're a leaky bucket, and we got to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. So there it is, uh, starting with the seventh verse. It says, then cometh a woman of Samaria, drawing water. Jesus said unto her, give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, as drink of me, whom a woman of Samaria? The Jews have no dealings with the Samarians. In other words, the Samarians, are, according to the history book, they were half Jewish, half Gentile. And uh, so the Jews did not recognize them, the Orthodox Jews. In fact, they called the Gentiles. Uh, dogs. In other words, they talk bad about who does not have a, uh, a contract, which is a vocal contract with the most high God, then you're nothing but a beast. But see, if we turn from our ways, because that was not what God created. We were not created to be beasts. We were not created to uh, go against God, but we did. And the Bible says that Jesus came to redeem us from the sin. From the sin. What sin? The sin of rebellion. Rebellion, that is the sin. Everything you can look at is rebellion. Sex outside of marriage, stealing, killing, it's all rebellion. And rebellion is the same as witchcraft. In other words, you're working at another kingdom. You're working in the kingdom of darkness instead of the kingdom of God's dear son, which is the kingdom of light. And the word light means understanding. Understanding. There is only one God. There is not no many ways to God. It's only one way, and that is through the word, through the word. And Jesus is the word. It says, the 10th verse, it says, And Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and whom he said unto thee, give me drink. Thou would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living waters. You know, the Bible says, out of the belly will come rivers of living waters. It's a hidden, hidden meaning. But if you start realizing, hey, he's talking about us. He's talking about the things of the spirit, not the things of the flesh. 
because the things of the flesh does not understand the things of the spirit. But the spirit realm is more real than the natural realm. Most people want to be tied up and talk about, well, I believe that we should do this and we should do that. What does God say? What does his word say? What does his law say? If we would do his law, we would have no more murders. We'd have no more killings. We'd, we'd have no more uh, arguments, debates, strife. But we learn to love one another and do unto others as we'd have them do unto us. So here, continue on the 11th verse. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence have thou that, that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank there of himself and his children and his cattle? In other words, when God is giving you the word, it's not just for you. It's for your family. It's for everyone so that we may have life and life more abundantly. That's why he didn't give us dead water. He gives us living water. 13th verse. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whoever drink of this water shall thirst again. But whoever drink of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The word is referred to as water. The more you drink of the word, the more you drink of the water, the more you drink of the wine, because even the word is also called wine. The thing is, we try to interpret Hebrew words, Hebrew meanings, by English understanding or another language trying to understand. All words in Hebrew are not uh, always interpreted because there could be 10 different things at the same time. You just have to know how to use it. To give you an example, uh, shalom. Now, shalom means hello, but it also means goodbye. It also means be blessed, have long life, prosperity. But see, if you don't know this, you only take the one word, hello or goodbye. But God's word is rich and fulfilling, and he will lead you to where you will have knowledge. Knowledge is power because he said my people perish for lack of knowledge. Let's keep on going here then. He shut it on that heart. It says, he said, uh, go, Jesus said, go unto her and uh, unto her, go and call thy husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, thou hast said, uh, well said, I have no husband. For thou hast five husbands, and him who are now is not thy husband is in, this, uh, in, that, in that sayest thou truly. In other words, the time is coming. It's already here. It's already started, folks. I'm trying to tell you. Miraculous miracles are happening right now. You hear me? Right now. Because God has given us uh, the Holy Spirit, which is the comforter, who works with us. Now, before he's been here, but a lot of times we have no knowledge of how to surrender ourselves to the, the Holy Spirit. 
And now that we're learning more and more knowledge, because it said at the end time, knowledge was increased. That's what it was talking about. And to show that it was talking about knowledge was increased, we started being able to fly in less than 100 years all the way up to the moon. That here, all those years before, when nobody flew to the moon, nobody thought about how they were going to get to the moon. Now we're able to do that. The same thing with the word of God. We're learning more. And the more we learn, the more we understand that greater is he who's in us is more than just words. Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, is in us. And right now we're, we're being uh, turned up in fire of glory that we'll be able to go out and see the sick and do something about it. In other words, I don't want to see somebody that's sick and nothing I can do for them. But if the word says, I should lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, I'm going to believe the word. So if it doesn't work, that means uh, it's either, and I always said, if you don't get healed, Jesus did it. If you get healed, it's Jesus he did it. If you don't get healed, most of the time, it's, it might be that person. It may be their faith. I ain't going to say it is or it ain't. But a lot of times, it's our faith. you got to believe for what you can't believe in. You've got to believe in the supernatural. Now, I can, I can be talking a bunch of stuff, but i got proof. I've seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open, legs stretched out. I've seen uh, people heal the scoliosis, uh, uh, lupus and stuff. Now, if I hadn't been able to be there and was right there praying over these people, then I couldn't say nothing. But I have the witness, even myself. I have bone on bone on my knees. And this preacher named Ted Shellsworth called me up on the platform. My knees were still hurting. He told me, raise my leg up, put it down, raise your leg up, put it down. And he said, take off. And I took off running backwards. And that was seven years ago, and I still have no pain in my knees. God's word works. It's us working for God. All right. And it says, uh, the 19th verse. Because this is what I keep I teaching our church. We're, we done moved into the prophetic, and we need to prophesy if we have the Holy Spirit and if we have the authority and if we have the power. If we don't have them, we can prophesy all day long. Ain't nothing going to happen. But, D-U-T, if the Holy Spirit is in you and God tells you to, don't do nothing without God. Don't take him out of the equation. If he tells you to pray for the sick, you pray for the sick and you'll see them get healed. It says, the woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in the mountain and said, and, and you said that in Jerusalem is the place where man ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in the mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. In other words, from the time a child is, uh, has cognizance, knowledge, they are taught the Bible, or they call it the Torah. And by the, eight, by the time they're 13 years old, girls and boys, they have that whole uh, book of uh, the law memorized. And that word is what sets us free. That's why we got to operate according to the word. Now, this is something else you're not going to get at 
of a lot of other churches, but I'm going to give it to you. There's three things that God has done upon this earth, and it's called vibration, frequency, and sound. Vibration, frequency, and sound. Everything was created by the word, and that's what the word does. And the more you understand that, the more you release yourself to them, then you'll stop being somebody's got to defend themselves. Oh, he stepped on my foot. I got to defend myself. This person said bad things about it. I got to defend myself. When Jesus said, turn the other cheek, he wasn't just talking. He meant for us to learn to forgive quickly, to get out of the way and think good of people instead of evil, even though the world is evil because the principle of this world is, I told you, Satan. The God of this world is Satan. And all the things that work under him is under the kingdom of darkness. And it goes right back to Satan, who's in rebellion. All right? This is why we, we study the word so that we'll know the truth, and the truth will make us free. It says on the uh, uh, 23rd, it says, but the hour comes, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit, which means understanding, and in truth, un the truth of the understanding of how the word works. Vibration, frequency, sound. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, in understanding of the truth. And the woman said unto him, I know the Messiah comes, which is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that, that speaketh unto thee am he. I can imagine Jesus had a little smile on his face when he, he telling her, I am the Messiah. I am the one who's trying to give you the word. So the woman said unto him, uh, and Jesus said unto her, I'm sorry, I had I skipped there. And upon this came the disciples, marveling that he talks with a woman. Yet no man says, what seekest thou, or why talkest with her? The woman left her water pot and went her way unto the city and said, unto the men, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Is this not the Christ? And they went out of the city and came unto him. And in the meanwhile, his disciple praised him, saying, Master, eat. In other words, they were saying, go ahead, eat, Master, because you have made. That's why you were hungry and you didn't go with us. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not. Therefore, said the disciples, one to another, has any man brought him ought to eat or food, something to eat? And Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say you not, there is yet four months, then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look into the field, for they are white already for labor. In other words, there's people out there that want to know the truth. 
And how are you going to teach the truth unless you know the truth? How are you going to help somebody unless God has done helps you and you're giving a testimony by speech, by action, and by history? Namely, it ain't just one thing. They can see that God is working with you. In other words, according to what the Bible says in Mark, where it says, and the Holy Spirit worked with them. God wants to work with us so that we can win souls. Then the 36 says, and he that receives wages and gathers fruit unto life eternal, that both he and the sower and he that reap may rejoice together. Remember I said earlier, don't let the devil steal your joy. Don't let him steal it. And he will. He can do it to your, uh, your wife, your husband, your children. But you've got to understand, step back. And understand that God is God and that he wants to help us. And that don't get so attached to this world, but know that we're just passing through. Your children are passing through. You're passing through. Your forefathers are passing through. Nothing on this earth belongs to you. You're just passing through. Get through the class. Get on to the head of the class and receive the reward. Fail the class. You go to hell and you receive the reward that you're going on there. All right. Then he says, 37 says, and his is that saying true. Got one sows, another reap. I send you to reap there whereon you sow no labor. Other men labor, and you enter into their labor. In other words, we build upon each other, one upon another, love upon love, kindness upon kindness. And many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him. For the saying of the woman which testified, remember I said, give your testimony. He told me all that I ever did. And so when the Samaritans came unto him, they asked him that he would tarry with them and would abode there two days. And many more believed because of, of his own word. And when and said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy sin, we heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world, who has redeemed us from the law of sin and death. And the sin is rebellion. Now after two days he departed hence and went into Galilee, and Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. Then when he had came unto Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did in Jerusalem at the feast, for they also went into the feast. So Jesus came again from uh, Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water unto wine. That's in the book of Mark. In other words, that was one of the beginning miracles, one of the beginning miracles. If you go back, you'll find out that before then, he cast out a demon out of a person at a synagogue. But the, the manifestation of uh, miracles where they could see the big difference besides the demon coming out of a person was when he changed the water unto wine. There was, and he didn't put nothing in it. He knows he didn't pray over it. He spoke those things. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Right now, we're in year 50, 
780 in Judaism, which means prophecy or speak. God is getting us to come back and reconciling ourselves back to him to where it should have been what we had, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. It's more than just a saying. It's supposed to happen, and it will if we surrender our will to God's will. Then it says, uh, 46. So Jesus came again into uh, Canaan of Galilee. We already said that about the, the water made wine. And there was a certain no, uh, nobleman whose son was sick at Cape Paranum. And he heard that Jesus was came out of Judea into Galilee. He uh, went unto him and besought him or begged him that he would come down and heal his son. For he, for he has had a, at a point of death. In other words, here this young man is getting ready to die. And he's asked Jesus to come in there because he knows that God works with him. He didn't know, he didn't fully understand that that was God, the creator of the whole universe. But he knew that God worked with him. And so he comes looking for a cure. Then said Jesus unto him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman said unto him, sir, come down. Er, my son, died. Help me. That's what he's saying. Help me. Jesus said unto him, go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word. He didn't say word. The word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. Now, what he was going on, when he spoke the word, is first of all, vibrations, which was a frequency, which made noise. So, in other words, he might have said, be healed. And that's it prophesied, spoke it forth, and it happened. So he, as I said, he done said, uh, then spoke to the man, he said, go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man be, believed the word, believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him and went his way. And as he was uh, now going down, the servant met him and told him, saying, thy son liveth. Then he inquired, uh, inquired he of them the hour when this began to, to amend or happen. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour at which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed, and in his whole, and his whole house. Then again, a second miracle that Jesus did when he had came down out of Judea unto Galilee. In other words, uh, if you look at the word uh, Judea, it's another word for praise. After Jesus has praised God, then miracles happen. Every time you really want to work with the Lord, you start praising him. That's why I had you to read that all the people praise him. Lord, bless us. Let your face shine upon us. Where This is where the battle is won, is in the prayer room. You get in there and you start complimenting God, saying good things about God, praising God. Don't just say, uh, 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 praise God, praise God, praise God. That is not praising him. 
praising him and saying how good he is, how kind he is, that he's been uh, my he's been supplying all of my needs all of my life. No matter what I needed, he was there to take care of it. I'm praising him because he is the provider. He is the one who's able to see the future and then help me change my course if I need to change or walk on the same course without getting out of the way. I tell you, some of the things the Lord shows me, and I'm, I'm, I'm teaching on it because I want everybody to feel the joy of the Lord so they can be your, be your strength. There was a, a man that just died recently. I knew him. I met him. His name was Reinhard Bunky. Reinhard Bunky had won over 79 million, 79 million people to the Lord. Some of us ain't even won one or two. But that's what I'm saying. We can change that. This is the year to change and bring in the, the, the harvest is ready. Let's get out there in that field and win the souls. Stop being religious. Learn to be loving, kind. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. As I say, this is why I read these scriptures. This is why I teach y'all like I do. Because I love people. And I want people to love one another. And to show love one to another. Well, if anybody got any questions or comments, all you have to do is push one on your telephone, and that'll let them know at the station that you want to talk. So I'm giving you a chance now. And Dorothy, do you have anything to say or comment? Not at this time. I'm just enjoying the the story. You know, it, it's amazing. That story has always amazed me. That that one woman. He stopped and talked to that one woman and mm-hmm. how many people that you know, her testimony affected. And, you know, that's the same with us. You never know mm-hmm. how many people your testimony will affect. And how did we, how do we overcome? In Revelations, it says we are overcomers, but that's right. The word yeah. of our testimony. Mm-hmm. So that's all I've got. (laughs) I hear you. Well, one of the things about the word blood, most people don't even know how they anoint with the blood. I anoint you in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus and stuff. But the Bible always interprets itself. And it's in the Bible on how to anoint ourselves with the blood. And uh, as I say, most people... I would answer the question, but I want you to search the Bible for yourself. I'll give you a hint. It's in the Old Testament, and it's in Leviticus. It'll teach you how to anoint yourself, how to anoint with the blood. These demons, they don't like us because we know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The truth will set you free. The truth will give you power over your enemies. And this world is your enemy. It's the enemy of God. It's an enemy of ours. But as I say, I'm giving people a chance to ask questions now. They click in. As I say, all you do is push one on your telephone, and that lets people uh, let them know that somebody's calling in. All right. Well, we'll get ready to continue here in a few minutes here. 
But like as I tell you, if you got any questions, any questions about the Bible or about what we should do to change our lives, because that's what we're here for, to change. This is a classroom. We're here to change our attitude, our our belief system, to believe that there is only one God, to believe there's only one way to the God, and that's through his son. And that the son is the only thing he can be is the word of God, which because he is the word of God, that makes him God too. And the kingdom is wrapped up in the spirit. And that's why it says God is a spirit. It's wrapped up in the spiritual realm. And there's a lot. When we get ready to transfer from this world to the uh, world to come, as the Jews say, we're going to see things that we could not even begin to imagine. Things that we have never even thought of. They're going to be just be put before us and we're just going to be in awe of God. How how magnificent he is and all the things that he's doing for us and how he hid it in the Bible and a lot of times we didn't we didn't take time to fellowship with him so we missed it. All right, let's go to chapter 5. And it says, after this was the feast of the Jews, and Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there at Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, five porches. That's what Bethesda means, five porches or five living places or five gates. I told you with Hebrew, it can be 10 different words at the same time. In these lay a great multitude of impotent people, the sick people, and blind, and halted, and withered, waiting for the movement of the water. For the for an angel come down at a certain season unto the pool and troubles the water, and whoever the first after the troubling of the water steps to uh, was made whole. I'm sorry, let me back that up again here. So I had changed pages here. So there's something the Lord told me, and I need to get that done. It says, uh, says then first after troubling the water, steps in to make whole or whatever disease he had. A certain man was there, and he had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. When Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now for a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? Now, to explain that, that thing, it says there was a certain time of the year that a angel would come down and he would stir the water, vibration, vibration, stirring the water. Now, what was the name of that angel? His name was Raphael. It means uh, God is my healer. Raphael, he's one of the seven angels that's talked about in the book of Revelation. Uh, so as Raphael stirs up the water, the first one who has stepped in would be healed. But then God gives us a background on this man. He said, this man has been sick for 38 years. Can you imagine 38 years, you, you, you're under pain, you've been praying, you've been doing everything you can 
but you're still in trouble. You're still going through the pains and stuff. Some tests are easier than others. So that's why I try to tell people, don't worry. If you're if you got all hell breaking loose against you, you know you're on the right road. If you only got a little hell broken against you, thank God, because that means you probably have done a lot already to take care of the road that you're trying to walk on. I keep telling you, it's nothing but a test. And as you walk that road, you walk on your journey. So here he is. He said, now, if you go into that water after the angels troubled the water, would you be made whole? Now, let's see what this man said. Now, you got to remember, he can't hardly move. He's important and everything else. The seventh verse, it says, the man answered him, sir, I have no man when the water's troubled to put me in the pool, but while I'm coming, another one steps down before me. Now, the question was, will thou be made whole? He should have answered that. But sometimes God will give us grace. He'll give us mercy, knowing that we're going to uh, say the wrong things. That's why we study to show ourselves approved. We study the Old Testament, especially Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastics, so that we can educate our spirit man, our spirit to be hooked up with God's spirit, and it gives us an enlightenment or knowledge above other people. All right? It says, Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. You notice Jesus didn't pray for him. What did he do? He gave a prophecy. Rise up, earth and get up. Take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole. He took up his bed and walked. On the same day was the Sabbath. In other words, you know, they, all these people, religious people, well, you did it on a Sabbath day. That's a God day of rest. You ain't supposed to. Listen. Do good to those that need good done to them. If you had a, a horse and it was sitting out there and you, you saw your neighbor's horse sitting out there in the field and he was hurting, you wouldn't walk past him. You'd do something to help. And so here's this man. He's worth more than a horse that Jesus healed on the Sabbath day. Then it says, the Jews of the 10th verse, it says, the Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, it is the Sabbath, and it's not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. It's not right to do that. He answered them, he said, he that made me whole said unto, uh, said unto me, take up thy bed and walk. Now, I'm going to tell you, if I haven't been able to walk for 38 years and somebody tells me take to get up and walk, and he spoke it to me. He ain't did nothing. He did nothing. I do what he tell me to do, too, especially this is the Messiah, the one they've been looking for. The truth has come to set the captives free. Then asked him them, what man is this which said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? And he, and he that was healed wished not who it was. He didn't understand. He didn't know who it was. Well, Jesus Converted himself away and a multitude being in that place. In other words, he vanished into the crowd. Now, let me tell you about the vanishing into the crowd. That's why I give my testimony. The Lord told me to study the book of Revelation, that he wanted me to be able to teach from it with knowledge. 
and it was too hard for me to understand. I'm on a corner reading my Bible, and I'm, I'm going to skip most of it. I'm going to get to this part. This man came to me, walked straight up to me because I wasn't reading Revelation because I, I was confused and I didn't understand. said, let me see your Bible. I gave it to him. He opened up to the book of Revelation. He said, you get back where God put you. And when he did that, I was scared. And the man blended into the crowd. He didn't just, he blended in. And that's why I understand what this part where Jesus blended in into the crowd. All right. Then it says, uh, the 14th chapter, I mean, the 14th verse. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, don't rebel no more, lest a worse thing shall come upon thee. And the man departed and told the Jews it was Jesus which had made him whole. And wherefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done this thing on a Sabbath day? See what we're talking about, same thing what's going on with, and I'm not trying to compare Trump with Jesus, but you can see the territories and things that's happening. In other words, if he does a good thing, all they want to do is try to find something bad to say about the man. If the economy is turning around, if healthcare is cheaper than it ever was, if people are having more to spend, more houses are being sold, more people are able to buy houses, more people are getting jobs than they ever had before. Why well, try to uh, run a man down because he said, well, he tried to cheat and get an understanding about his opponent. Listen, if you run for any kind of job, you try to get the understanding about your opponent. You ain't got to say nothing bad about it. We'll find out the truth. If, he ain't, if uh, Joe Biden ain't got nothing to hide, he ain't got nothing to worry about. But if he's got something to hide, yes, he's going to worry. All right, let's keep going. Yes, Lord. Uh, the 17th verse, it says, But Jesus answered them, My father works hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only has broken the Sabbath, but now he also said that God was his father making himself equal with God. Which God? God the Word. The Word was in Jesus. Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. See, you have to put all the scriptures together, and then you'll get an understanding. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever uh, for what things soever he does, these are done that the son likewise. In other words, what his father does, he copies. What he sees the father do, that's what he does. The way people ask me, do you have a word from the Lord for me? Do you have a word from the Lord? James has no word from the Lord for you. Now, the apostle part of me, which is hooked up to the Holy Spirit, it may speak, but the only thing it does, it just speaks through me. But I hear it speak, and I copy what it says. I'm a polyparrot. I learned that through Bishop Daniel M. Jordan. I'm only a parrot copying what I hear. I have nothing to praise God about me being uh, an apostle or prophet or anything else. My job is that I'm able to hear 
and speak what I hear. Then it says, the 21st, for the father loveth the son and shows him all things that himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel or be surprised. For the father raises up the dead and quickens them. Even so, the son quickens who, who he will. For the father judges no man, but he committed all judgment unto the son, and that all men should honor the son, which as they honored the father, he, he that honors not the son honors not the father, which has sent him. Jesus is called the word of God. He vibrates when he speaks. He has a frequency when he speaks. And then uh, the sound that comes out of his mouth is able to raise the dead. That's why he said, I am the resurrection. I am the one who's able to raise the dead on the last days or in time I want to because the Father has given him that ability. That's why we search and see the things that God told his son and then we look for that to be with us. Then it says, the 23rd, it says, that all men shall honor the son, honor the son, even as they honor the father. He that honors not the son, honors not the father which has sent him, verily, verily, I send to you. He that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but will pass from death unto life. In other words, when you pass out of here, you pass into another atmosphere, another uh, dimension. And that dimension ain't way out anywhere, but it's right here. It's right here. That's why people, they say they see the light. They've seen angels and stuff because the uh, spiritual realm is all around us. That's why Jesus said, don't look way out there in space. Don't look under the sea. It's closer to you than the breath in your own mouth because we couldn't even breathe if we didn't have the spiritual realm around us. If it wasn't for God, we'd all be, be non-existent. If he ever stopped thinking about it, even a minute or a second, we'd be gone. All right. This is 25 again. Verily, verily, I send to you the hour coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, vibration, frequency, and sound. And they shall, and they shall hear him, uh, and they that hear shall live. Whereas the father has life in himself, so that he giveth to the son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because, because he is the son of man. Now, if you notice, people say, well, there's many ways to God. You can do it through Harry Krishna. You can go through, no. It's it through his son. His son has the power to judge. He has the judgment. Not even the father is going to judge. He's giving it to his son and his only begotten son. That's what it says in the Bible. So if it says there's only one begotten son, how many sons are there? One. Do what the Bible says. Make peace with God. Stop rebellion. And learn to do those things that's pleasing in his sight. Marvel not at this. For the hour cometh and which, is, which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. 
and shall come forth. They shall have uh, they that have done good unto, unto the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Either way, you're going to get resurrected. Nobody dies. You hear me? Nobody dies. It is a doorway to one or the other. Either we go up to heaven or you go down to hell. But nobody dies. You'll live forever. And why live in hell forever after you've been on this earth for less than 120 years? All right. Learn to do what is good. Stay away from that is bad. And the 30th verse says, I, I can't of my own self do nothing as I hear. I judge. Remember how I told you how God does me? And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There, there is no, uh, another that bears witness of me. And I know that the witness which he witness of me is true. He's talking about John the Baptist. That was the forerunner. He was the prophet. You should, uh, the 33rd verse. You sent unto John, and he bared witness of the truth. But I received not testimony from man, but things that I said that you might be saved. In other words, he showed all these miracles. We should believe on what we see when it comes down to what the word says, because the word is always going to affirm itself, and it's always going to have at least two to three witnesses, two to three witnesses to bring it forth. And he was a burning and a shining light, and you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light or in his understanding. But I have a greater witness than that of John, for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the same works that I do, bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. Now, one of the things I, as I you'll hear me always testifying, how many miracles I've seen with the Holy Spirit do, because I honor the Father, I honor the Son, I honor the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit, all that are basically one. They don't walk, uh, you know, as one being, but they are in communication of each other. That is, one thinketh, the other one speaks it. The other one brings it to pass. They are one being, one God. It's only one God. And he wants to have fellowship with us in the, what they call the lower reality. That's why I keep telling you. You can change your reality. You can change your life by speaking into existence things that you want changed, by going to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry for rebellion. Repent. Turn around. Say, Lord, I give you my life to do what you want to do. Stop trying to give God your opinions or your desires. The desire, when he said, I will fulfill the desires of your heart, he's talking about the desires that he puts in there, not you. Because our desires are always selfish. It's all about me, all about me, all about me. And if you're able to understand the Hebrew alphabet, one of the things in there, one of the letters is saying, crucify the, the ego. 
when in our Bible it says crucify the flesh daily. Crucify your will daily. Learn to submit because you'll never be a good leader till you're a good follower. Yes, Lord. Let me get to the next thing here. We're at 37. For the Lord himself, which has sent me, has borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor saw his shape. For you have uh, for you have not his word abiding in you, for whom he has sent him you believe not. Search the scriptures. That's what I keep telling y'all. Don't have to even believe me. Search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they which test they are what testifies of me. And you will not come unto me or into the knowledge or unto the word that you might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you and that you have not the love of God in you. Crucify your ego, your flesh daily, your will daily, and you'll start to hear what God is saying. I come from my father's, I come in my father's name and you receive me not. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. Now, when he said, I come in my father's name, He said, I came in my father's authority. His authority was in Jesus. And the Bible tells us that he didn't speak as a scribe, but he spoke as one who had authority. In other words, like he wrote it. Well, actually he did through his father. He is the word of God. Then it says uh, that there will be another that will come, and he'll come in his own name. In other words, the devil's going to come. He's already here anyway. He's already here. And y'all don't even know the devil when you see him and you voted for him. And I ain't talking about Trump. Now, keep looking. You'll find out several people that you have put in the White House or doing wrong. And yet still, you parent, well, he's just human. Pat him on the back. Well, they're stealing all our money. And oil. They was the president at one time. You, you start. You need to start searching history. You need to check it out. It says on uh, forty-four. How can you believe which receive honor one from another and seeketh not the honor that comes from God only? Only. Do you think that I have? I will accuse you to my father. There is one that accuses you, even Moses, in whom. You trust our hope. In other words, he says, you're, you're hoping in the law that you can be saved. But the Bible teaches us if you can't keep all 613 laws, if you offend even a little one, you offend it in all. For you have believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? The word, the word. Says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. It didn't lie. It told the truth. Now we need to understand what is the truth. What is what is it to take to set us free? A lot of times, uh, I don't talk to people that are fighting demons and stuff, but that's what I teach people: to be a warrior, not to sit back and be a, a, a observer, but be a participator. 
because you never know when it's going to be your family is going to be attacked. You never know when the devil's coming after your family, and you got you need to know how to defend yourself. That's why it says, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles or the tricks of the devil. So the thing is, do you put on the whole armor of God or you just read over and keep going? You need to understand what God requires of us. What is he required of us to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God or humbly with the word of God? Now I'm asking people that want to ask questions now. Uh, on the, all you have to do is push one on your telephone. In other words, you're already in the in the uh, the chat room. If you push one, it opens up the line and lets you know that you have a question or anything. Uh, Dorothy, do you have? Oh, someone just raised their hand. All Let right. me go open their mic. We have a whole bunch of callers from area code eight one six. Um. Area code eight one six five eight nine. Your mic is open. Okay. Hey, Pastor James and Jacob. Um, hey, Jacob. How you doing? I'm good. So when the word interprets itself, it needs no private interpretation. It explains itself. So when multiple verses say that Jesus was the word made flesh, he was literally uh, from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament, including uh, the books that were taken out, he is he is the Word made flesh. So that's why um, when the Bible says no one comes to the Father except through me, so it was prophesied that Jesus would, would come and complete the Old Testament with the New Testament. And so he completed the whole thing, and he is the Word incarnate. So am I, am I correct here? Yes, you are. Okay. You don't do All right. That's, I, 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 I had to put the pieces together. You've been saying that for a long time, but it, it finally clicked what you're actually saying. <laughs> I hear you. That's the main thing is that as you study the Word of God, you'll find that the Word of God is not a dead word on a dead page, but he's alive and doing well. And as you understand, the more you'll get more knowledge. And the more knowledge you get, the more power you have and more authority. But you got to always remember, it's not you, it's him. The Father had to work through the Son. The Holy Spirit's got to work through us. It is a metaphor of what Jesus went through and what we're going through. As the Father works through the Son, the Holy Spirit works through us. And that's why we have to surrender our will. And don't think it's strange when you're going through things and that everything goes wrong. Because that's just normal Because we're in somebody else's house This is not our home All right, right. I'm glad to hear from you And I'm, yes, I just sir. want you to know I'm praying for you And you. just continue on the journey And don't turn back And always remember The joy of the Lord Is your strength Keep God happy And right. keep you happy Right as long as I got my peace and my joy and my armor on every day, I'll be all right. Amen. Amen. All right. If we don't Thanks understand, so. sometimes you got to get by yourself. And a lot of times, God allows things to happen to you so that you can pull away a little bit 
and study that word for a little bit by yourself. And that way you get not, but then you'll be pulled back because the Bible says, do not fail to assemble yourself as many have done, seeing that the time is close at hand. Jesus is going to show up and these people are going to be surprised. He's going to come like a thief in the night when they least expect him. He's going to reveal himself. And he's it ain't going to be no a little bit of here, a little bit there. He's going to surprise people all of a sudden. He's going to show up. And all the world will see him. And they will know all those liars that says, oh, there's more than one way to God. Well, God loves you. All you have to do is do this. And he knows you're going to mess up all the time. And he's going to listen. If you're a father or a mother, your kid keeps messing up. You're going to take them to the woodshed every once in a while to get them straightened up. Or you can do like my father and mother did. All they had to do was look at me, and I didn't want no whooping, so I stayed straight. All right. Any, you got any more questions or comments? No. Uh, it's good. All right. Well, thank you, man, for calling in. All right. Uh, Dorothy, everybody else? Yeah, we got area code 512. I just opened your mic. Good evening, this is Kimberly. So I have a question about go, where to go to get a definitive uh, teaching on learning the 22 alphabet of the Hebraic language. That is a good question. Because there are many things out there, but there's a book by this name. His name is Rabbi Monk, M-O-N-K. And it's called the... Uh, the meaning of the Hebrew alphabet. And it is really good. And you can't get it on the uh, internet where you can, you know, hear it over the thing. But uh, as far as I know, it, it's a book. And as I say, his name is Rabbi Monk. His father and grandfather was a, uh, a, a, a master at at uh at Hebrew and stuff. So he learned under the masters. All right. And now the other thing you want to do if you want to go online, you can put in there uh uh Hebrew alphabet by this man here and he's really good. His name is Perry Stone. Most time you hear about mm-hmm. him for revelation. He he's good in revelation talking about that but his one of his main thing it was at the beginning of his teaching was the book uh I mean he taught on the Hebrew alphabet. Now our Bible has in the King James uh the Hebrew alphabet, which is in Psalms one nineteen. Mm-hmm. And so as I said, but if I was gonna learn it, I'd go to the the one from Perry Stone. Perry Stone. All right. Did I answer your question? Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. You have any more questions? Not at the moment. All right. Well, I appreciate you calling in. Absolutely. Okay. Dorothy, you have anyone else? Nope. That's it. Okay. Well, I have you to have agree anyone? agree with you about Perry Stone. He's pretty good. I think the name of his ministry is Morning Star. Ministries? Uh, manifest. That could be too. 
Yeah. I subscribe to his YouTube channel. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, he's on there quite a bit. He in fact he has his own screening camp uh thing. Uh, it's under PS, Perry Stone. So I I look at him, I listen to him, I read his books, I go to his uh uh, uh services. He travels around a lot. All right. Well, as I said, have have I been doing any good about explaining the things that the word says, especially in the book of John, about how God requires us to receive his word and act like him. That's what he wants us to do. All right. Nobody else out there that want to push in, got a question or anything? Um, you do that, you give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't see any fresh hands up. Oh, okay, then. Let's see here, then. Well, we're doing pretty good. We're in what uh, chapter now? The sixth chapter? The sixth chapter of John. All right. Yep. Well, if anybody calls in and to, want to raise your hand Yeah, up, keep up and watch just... that, too. Uh-huh. I'm trying to watch the studio and watch that, too, in my eSword, so. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead with uh, sixth chapter. If anybody has their hands up, all you do is push one and let us know. And uh, I'll stop, and we'll see what the Lord shows me. You never know. You may... You may have a word from God today, which I'm hoping everybody do. I need one every day myself. Okay. Uh, John, the sixth chapter and the first verse. After these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is in the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were uh, diseased. In other words, signs, wonders, and miracles are vibrations, frequencies, and sound. God did that all the way from the first day when he said, let there be light. And the word light actually means or. Or it's like a uh, a thing that contains something. And in that container was knowledge. And that knowledge was Jesus himself. He is the knowledge of God. So when he spoke, that's where the power comes. And the, even though the secular people said that was the Big Bang theory, yeah, they're halfway right. It was a Big Bang, all right. It was so big that it's still continuing to this day. Then it says that uh, they saw the miracles, which he did, and that was that were with the disease. In other words, there's disease, sicknesses, um, spirits. There's so many things that we need healing from or be set free from or released from a cage because a lot of people don't realize when you, uh, you're you under attack, there's so many ways the enemy comes and attacks us, so many ways that the enemy comes to, to uh, capture us, and we have to know our weaponry so that we can get out. And if we can't get out, we need to go to somebody who can help us get out. Well, this is why we're not in this world by ourselves but we're in here as a family, all right? And it says, and uh, 
third verse. And Jesus went up into the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was nigh. A lot of times people say, well, are we supposed to keep Hanukkah? Are we supposed to keep this? Are we supposed to keep that? The Bible says that uh, the Jews are supposed to keep this in all their generations. Now, the thing is, we are not Jews. We are drafted into the Jewish race or into the Jewish uh, beliefs, but we're not Jews. The reason I say that, now people are going to get upset and everything else, and I don't care, but you want the truth, I'll tell you the truth. A true Jew don't think like other people. They're wired differently. Just like uh, certain races are are wired to do things that the other races cannot do. Well, in Judaism, they are they're wired differently in their thought life. That's why uh, when Jesus said the Jews require a sign, the Greek requires knowledge. But remember, I told you with Hebrew words, you can be ten words at the same time. So never take just one word and say, oh, that's what it means. No. You can have, as I told y'all earlier, when I told you about shalom. Shalom means ten different things. One of them, hello, the other one's goodbye. How are you going to tell the difference? Only by the way they use it. So that's what I'm saying. The Jews are wired differently. You may be part Jewish. And no wonder that people don't accept you because you don't think like everybody else. But we all have our, our races. We all have our, our, our limitations. We all have our things that we explode good at, that we're good at. And that's because of the way we're wired. All right. Then it says, uh, oh, yeah, as I said, they talked about the feast of the Jews. So if you go back in the Old Testament, you'll find out it said it was made uh, for their generations, continued for their generations. Now the Gentiles, that's us, we have seven rules. The Jews have 613 laws. I'd rather serve the seven than trying to keep the 613 laws every day. Because if you miss one, you offend it all. But the seven that we have, if you go to the book of uh, of Acts, I think it's in the 15th chapter, they will tell you four out of the seven, what you do as a Gentile being brought into the word of God, which is into Judaism. All right. Then it says, and when Jesus, the fifth verse, <clears throat> and when Jesus had lifted up his eyes and saw the great multitude coming unto him, said unto Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove or test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. God tests us. He puts us in the wilderness. He brings us into prosperity. He tests us all the time. That's why you need to check yourself. Judge yourself. Don't be judging everybody else. Judge yourself to see if you're really in the faith or not. You know what I'm saying? So he was in there near uh, Philip's home, and here's Philip trying to talk about, well, what are we going to feed all these people? And Jesus asked him, what are we going to do? So in the seventh verse, it says, Phil, Philip answered him, 200 
a penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, for that one of them may take a little, even for them to take even a little. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon's brother, Peter, said unto him, There is a lad here which had five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are there among so many? Why did Andrew bring that up? The Holy Spirit will speak things into your mind so that you will learn as you see the word of God doing things. And Jesus was the word of God. So then the 10th verse says, and Jesus said, make them, make the men sit down that there was uh, much grass in the, in the place so that men sit down in numbers that should be 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves and when he had put, gave thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to them that were sit down and likewise the fish as much as they were or as much as they wanted. And when they were filled, he said unto the disciples, gather up the fragments of the remains that nothing be lost. In other words, it's another metaphor. God is, and I mean, it actually happened, but he's showing us never waste things. Let's do things that we can help one another. So he's gathering up food that it, even though there was some left over, so that he can help somebody else later on. Then they gathered them up together and filled 12 baskets and fragments of five barley loaves, which remained over above of them that had eaten. Then these men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is the truth that prophet that should come into the world. Now, if you don't know what he's talking about, you will have you won't know what he's saying. Now he was quoting something from the Old Testament, and that was from Moses. Moses said that there would be one like unto him that would be coming in, which would be a prophet like him. But he wasn't talking about Jesus. There is a prophet that was supposed to come in, and he did come in. And his name was John. He was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. So you go back and read the Old Testament, you'll, you'll see it talks about there was going to be somebody that's, uh, that's going to come in, which will be the prophet. And John was that prophet. Jesus was above the prophet. He was the son of the living God. It says, okay, and then it says, when Jesus, therefore, received that they would take and would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again unto the mountain himself alone. And when the evening was come, his disciples went down unto the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum, which is now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. Why did they leave Jesus? God, he had already left the instructions. But this is another, let me give you another metaphor. When you don't understand what to do, do something. Don't just sit there. Do something. Well, I've been called to the ministry, but I don't know what to do. Go volunteer at the church and help clean the church. Well, that's beneath, beneath me. I mean, that's, I'm not supposed to clean the church if I'm being called to the ministry. Listen, don't you think the church needs cleaning? Don't you think that they need people to teach Sunday school? Don't you think they need people to uh, do transportation? 
Because, see, when God sees you busy working, he can do more for you. He can see other things that you can do. And the word, the 18th verse, says, and the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. In other words, uh, trouble will always come if you wait long enough. But also, good times will come if you wait long enough. Is There's a balance of everything that's according to how we handle life that it changes our reality. So when he had rode about five and 25 or 20 and 30 furlongs, that they seen Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. But he said unto them, It is I, be not afraid. Then they willingly received him unto the ship, and immediately the ship was on land, rather they were. The next day following, when the people stood, oh, let me stop there. Let me go back to 21 here. It says that uh, he immediately came upon the ship, but see, you have to understand, you got to put precept upon precept. So in other words, you got to go to the other scriptures and read about that. Because if you know there's, uh, what else happened, as Jesus was walking on, on water, they thought he was a ghost. And then uh, he admitted, he said, it is I. And Peter said, if it's you, command me to come out there on that water. And he gave him one word, come. And Peter stepped out of the boat and started walking. They, the Bible tells you. But you have to use the other scriptures to go with this so you can have an understanding. He came out walking on the water. And until he looked around and seen uh, the troubling of the water as it was above him and stuff, he lost faith. And he cried out to Jesus. And Jesus picked him up and put him there, immediately hit the, was right there on the boat. But you got to read all the rest of it to get it the whole story. So go back and read Mark, Matthew, and uh, Luke. Then it says, 22nd verse, the, following, the day following when the people stood on the other side of the sea, saw them, there were none other boats there, save the one whereunto the disciples entered, and Jesus was not with the disciples in the boat, but the, his disciples were gone uh, away alone. However, they came the other boats from Tiberias, nigh unto the place where they did eat bread after the Lord had given thanks. And when the people therefore saw Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they took uh, shipping and came to Caper uh, Capernaum, Seeking for Jesus. That's what we're supposed to be doing, seeking for the word of God. The word will make you free. The word will change you. When you think that you have no power, no authority, go before the Lord and ask him, Lord, have I did something wrong? Have I rebelled against you? Is there a generational curse that has been against you? Please let me know so I can repent from that thing and break that thing because I will have authority and power. You can have authority, but no power. To give you an example, when the disciples uh, was blown upon, we'll read that later on in John, that he, Jesus said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. They received the Holy Ghost, but they had no power. He told them that they had to go to Jerusalem and wait till they'd be endued with power. Once they had the power, they were able to do all things through Christ that strengthened them. 
Now, before uh, Jesus had prayed for the, uh, or spoke word over the uh, 82 apostles, 82 sent ones, and they came back bragging about how the demons were subject to them through Jesus' name or his authority. You got to have authority. You got to have power. The Holy Spirit was working through them. And then when Jesus said, now, you got to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, they said, that's too hard for us to understand. And they left him. And they said, they walked with Jesus no more. That means after they resurrected, they didn't walk with him no more. But at the resurrection, if you read, you'll find that the saints got up out of the grave and walked in the city. If I was, well, I ain't going to say that because you never know what you'll do until you're under pressure. All right. Is there anybody out there that want to call in now? Any questions and stuff? This is a good time. Well, you have anything to say? It looks like Dorothy? area code 512 has another question. All right. Good evening, sir. This is Kimberly. Another question for you. It is a hard yes, thing when the word says, eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. Those are hard words until mm-hmm. we understand that it is of a spiritual nature, taking on more of him. So it, it, it's, can you speak to that? Because that, that, that was a tough one, the words, flesh and blood. Hmm. Well, you know, it would be out of, hard for them to understand because uh, their law says they are not supposed to drink blood. Exactly. And especially human blood. Exactly, because in. Mm-hmm. And, and so because Jesus blood is a creature's life. Get them to understand that this was a uh, metaphor. Mm-hmm. It's the same as he said, out of your belly will come rivers of living waters. As he talked to the lady, living waters. Well, the blood, when he said, you might eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, the word blood also means life. So, mm-hmm. in other words, he was saying, if you are willing to believe and do what I tell you, then you'll become like me because my life be flowing through you. But the way God, the way God put it up, he had say, he said, you got to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And they were thinking literally flesh and blood. Oh no, I can't do that. But if you're uh, somewhere in the Bible, he teaches that flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God. Correct. He was trying to get them prepared for what the word is saying. And that's what we're trying to do as our people now, to try to get our people out of the the fleshly realm or the ego realm or the uh, the word uh, that if I, if I can see it, I can believe it. Instead mm-hmm. of I believe it, then I'll see it. That's the way God's kingdom is. just the opposite of what man is. Right. So... That's what it means, eating my flesh and drinking my blood, as you as you already know. And that's all it was. He was uh, conveying things in the, about the spiritual realm that the people like us would come reading thousands of years later. And that has been thousands of years, hasn't it? It's 2,000 since 2,000. So, really, so the word really, really means both literal and figuratively you have to pray for these things, discernment and the capacity to receive the word of God and understand the deeper meaning. Yeah, so that those things that are hidden from the flesh mm-hmm. are visible in the spirit to us. 
Yeah, and as I tell people all the time, I say, if you read the word and believe what it says and understand that God hides things, that's his main thing. He hides things. And it's like hide and go seek. He said, ask, seek, and knock. He's hiding things. And it's our job to figure it out and to walk it out. That's why I tell people, stop trying to figure God out. You can't do it. But if you'll do what his word says, it says, Lean not to thy own understanding, but acknowledge me in all thy ways, and I will direct your path. Or another terminates, another words are, stop trying to figure God out. God's already worked it out. All you have to do is walk it out. Amen. Obey the word. Amen. Good teaching. All right. Well, thank you. You got any other questions? I don't at this time. Okay, because this is a big help for me. People calling in and everything, it makes my time go faster because I'm sitting in a chair. (laughs) And to sit here two hours, believe me, I'm glad to have people ask questions. Well, you don't have to just ask questions on what I'm teaching them, but on anything in the Bible. Well, the wonderful thing about it is the way you teach and, and explain things at such an elementary level, it's just good to listen and receive. So there's not a lot of questions to ask when you explain things so intelligibly, if that makes any sense. Yes. Oh, thank you. So we really appreciate that. So I I just appreciate So listening is good. It's just good. Would you like like to speak a little bit? I'm sorry. Uh, Like I always say, Lord, if you don't speak, I can't. I got to hear him. That's why... you know, when I say ask any questions in the Bible, because I'm asking mm-hmm. him, because I don't know the answers. Okay, you said you were going to say something? Can you speak to the to the aspect of speaking in tongues? Because it seems like some people turn that on and turn that off, and I've always been under the belief you, you just can't really, it's not something you memorize. It, it, it's a spoken, it's a live, literal spoken language that is, is just, Spontaneous almost But I don't know Well let let me uh, From past experience When I first entered the ministry I came from a Baptist background Mm -hmm. So I knew nothing except By what they said in there About tongues and it all ceased When the last apostle died Well It all ceased Uh, I I have a hard time believing that but okay That's what they said Mm -hmm. Well when I got Uh the Lord made a visit to me, and he stayed with me for three and a half days, mm-hmm. teaching me the Bible. Amen. And so I went out. The first thing he always do, he has you to go out and find churches. And, like, he doesn't just send you to one. He sends you to many. And not Absolutely. for you to teach somebody, but for you to learn. Absolutely. And see what they teach. So I was at a Pentecostal church, and... I'll make it real quick. This lady I invited her to church. She was from a Baptist background. And as I was preaching, the power of God hit that lady and she started speaking in tongues. Now here's the thing. She had never heard of tongues. She mm. knows nothing about tongues. All of a sudden she's speaking in tongues. And after the service, she came to me and she said, What happened? I said, You were speaking in tongues. She said, What's that? So I had a teacher, First uh, Corinthians, the 12th chapter, 13 and 14, showing about tongues and everything and the interpretation yes. of tongues. So 
There was nobody that came over there and said, say Jesus, 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 or, or, or speak it over there. None of that. But she started speaking in tongues. Another lady, she was uh, at her house, and she was depressed, and she had heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And she asked me if I would pray for her to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I said, okay. And as I prayed for her, I saw in the spirit realm, which was, mm-hmm. is, I mean, is a spirit thing, but I saw it like if it was natural. Absolutely. Uh, like an egg. It had, it, it was a, a shell, uh, mm-hmm. had the uh, alburin in the middle, and then the, the uh, yolk. I saw mm-hmm. it. Little bitty thing. And as it was floating, it hit her stomach. I saw it when it went in there. All of a sudden, she broke into laughter. As I said, she was depressed. Broke into laughter. And that seemed like that right then, it just led into a flood of water. And that's what Jesus is talking about. Out of your belly will come rivers of living water. Tongues will come up. Do everybody speak in tongues? No. The Bible didn't tell everybody speaks in tongues. But there are the gifts of tongues, and there's more than one set of tongues. There's the tongues of angels, the tongues of men, and the tongues that uh, you speak into the church, and the tongues you talk directly to God, and nobody knows the interpretation, including yourself. The Mm -hmm. tongues of angels are a high-pitched sound. They go... A lot of times you'll hear babies doing that, rolling their tongues, but they're actually talking to angels. Then there's the tongues of men, which is like Korean, Japanese, Chinese, and all that different languages. That's why Mm -hmm. in the day of Pentecost, when the the spirit came upon the disciples and stuff, they started speaking in tongues, and each man said, I heard him in my own language. Right. Then then there's the third one, which is the... uh, Tongues that uh, you talk within the church and you pray that there is somebody who can interpret it. Or you can even interpret yourself sometimes. But it's all about the spirit. It's not by us. We don't have no choice in the thing. We can shut it up when the tongues come out of us. People say, I can't stop. I can't stop. Yeah, you can. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't force us to do anything. That's right. As it came up, as I said, that was a... you can pray for interpretation, or you can pray that uh, that maybe you can interpret it. Then there's the fourth set of tongues, which you pray directly to God, and even your own mind is not fruitful or understanding it. And that's the one I tell people to pray most of the time, because in spiritual warfare, yeah, you've got to have more power. Right. And the power comes by speaking in the spirit. That's why I said building thyself up in that most holy spirit. Yes. Holy power or Holy Spirit. It's in other words, as I say, it's not just one word. That's why I keep telling people, don't go, go looking for legalistic to be just one thing. It can mean many things, but if you understand, it flows. And so do you. You like in the water, you flow. All right. Did I answer your question about that? Absolutely. Thank you for that excellent explanation. All right, then. Well, God bless. You got any more questions? As I, say, I got about another, what, 15 more minutes? You can speak on the power of prayer. I think so many people don't realize the power that we have in prayer. Okay. The power of prayer. 
Now, there's different types of prayer. That's why it says in the book of Ephesians, talking about uh, uh, when you get down to the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer and supplication. In other words, there's more than one type. So uh, the main thing about prayer is crucifying yourself. Don't worry about changing everybody else first. Change you. Get yourself humble under the word of God because the word of God will convict you. It will change you. It will rearrange your realities. And when you really get the understanding about that frequency, vibration, and sound, oh, that will change things. Because I've seen people raised from the dead. I've seen people, body parts come back. I've seen people that had gold all over their skin as they were being prayed for and stuff. I've seen people that have gold come into their mouth. I've seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open, people healed from cancer and all that. Why? Because the word works if you work the word, but you got to always remember, never take God out of the equation. He's the one who says, yes, this will be done. Yes, this will be done. If he doesn't say it, it ain't going to be done. And as you pray, as I say, the main prayer is change me. Create within me a clean heart, which is Psalm 51 and 10, and renew the right spirit. Well, in this case, when it says spirit, it means motive. Renew the right motive in my heart or in my mind so that I will do what is right. Amen. And the more you learn about the different prayers, there's more that... There's a, uh, I'm going to give you five levels of prayer real quick, but there's more than this. There's just the five levels that uh, I teach people. The first level of prayer is nobody can pray better than you can for yourself. That's right. Don't go out looking for everybody else to pray for you. You need to pray for yourself. The second level of prayer is called the elder prayer. That's, that means Go to the elders of the church. Let them anoint you with oil, praying a prayer of faith over you. And any sin you did, God will forgive you, and he will lift you up. Elder prayer, that means you go to that church, and you find somebody who's been in uh, the way. That's what they used to call the church, the way. And it's been there for a long time, and they have elders in the church. The third uh, level of prayer is the uh, ironic prayer. That's what you've seen Aaron pray. And there's only one time in the Bible that God wrote a prayer, and it's in the Old Testament, that he wrote it. And he told Aaron to pray this over the people. Then the fourth level of prayer is a prophetic prayer. And the prophetic prayer is a man or a woman who's got that, that office, not just the gift. He has to have, they have to have the office that where they will pray a certain prayer, and God answers because of them. That's why it says Elijah was a person like us that had uh, feelings and emotions too. But God, at his word, he said, keep the heavens closed for three and a half years. That's right. And then when he spoke, then it rained. And then the last level of prayer is called the man or the God-man prayer. Now, the God-man prayer is different than you'll ever see operated. But what you do as a man-God prayer if I tell you go touch a light switch and you don't ask no question, you just go touch that light switch, you instantly get healed. It's because God be speaking to that man 
and he gives it to him exactly how to say these things. And it's all about the chest. Like I keep trying to tell people, people would get away from China. Well, what about women? What about men? What about children? What about, listen, it's all about the chest. God just wants to see if you're going to be obedient. That's all it is, all about obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice and all burnt offering. So the, just because it's called the man God prayer, it's just because God did that. And I've seen so many people healed. I told one person, jump up and down. <laughs> they jumped up and down and got healed. I was at Atlanta, and I told people, I said, who's all sick with uh, colds and stuff? And all these people raising their hands up. And I just I said, okay, all your hands up. And I clapped my hand one time, and every one of them got healed. That's because I didn't do it. God did Yeah, God did it. Mm-hmm. All right, well, thank you. Let me look at my little clock here. Let's see. I thank you because this really makes my time go fast. <laughs> and two hours is a long time. <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much. Let me see if uh, Dorothy has anything, and then we can try to finish up on John. Uh, do you have thank any more you. questions? No, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kim. Amen. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dad, Dorothy, are you there? I'm still here. Uh, anybody got their hands uh, up? The, the pow- no one's got their hands up anymore. That power All of prayer right. is important. It really is important because uh, mm-hmm. people need to understand exactly. the reality of prayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I was saying, you know, there's more than one uh, thing of prayer. And that's why when it's, when the, well, not Isaiah, but uh, uh, Ephesians, where it says, you know, with all prayer and supplication, making your request known to God. But there's more than just one type of prayer. And I hear people tell, well, just pray out of your heart. Yeah, well, sometimes you need to pray out of your heart. Sometimes you need to pray out of knowledge which is in the word of God. That's why I say Psalms is one of our weaponry. You pray the Psalms and the demons can't stand it. Especially if you want to you see a, a demon get changed away quickly, open up your Bible and say, well, I'm getting ready to read this Psalm here. <laughs> Especially like Psalms 18. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Joker. Loki. Um, Mockery, they cannot stand that scripture. Uh, to me, it doesn't affect us, but when you read it or have the person read it, you watch what that demon do. I mean, once the first time I had mockery read uh, my first time, but I had to get it from God to do it. I didn't know nothing about it. The Lord spoke to me and said, Have him read Psalms 18. His tongue was sticking out, out of his mouth. You hear me? And it looked just like a snake wiggling at the end. And you know it shocked me because I ain't never seen anything like that before. And I said, what is your name? He said, my name is Mockery. And I said, uh, uh, oh, well, you know, I wanted to know what was his legal right. He wouldn't tell me. And I wanted to know, well, I'm going to have her to read 18 again. And he said, it ain't going to help her. Don't have her read it no more. I said, well, if you said it ain't going to help her, I'm going to have her read it again. And when I said that, he said, I'm out of here. And he jumped out of that woman, and her tongue slipped back in her mouth. The word is powerful. <laughs> it is. And prayer is powerful. 
So when you put the word with the prayer, it vibrates. And in certain frequencies, they cannot stand. So that's why we use those, that one scripture that I told you about on on uh, Joker in there. Now, on Jezebel, you use the word uh, the dogs of Jezreel. They can't stand the dogs of Jezreel. For some reason, mind control cannot stand the, the scriptures where it says, and the angels shall read the gospel. They can't stand that. So each each personality or each demon has its own personality or its own will. And this is why we have to stick with the scriptures, not what we think or what we believe. Stick with the word because the word is, is real and the word will set you free. All right. Uh, do you know where we would I do have on? an off-the-wall question. Go ahead. Um. I have only seen this happen once, and I still don't fully understand what it was. Uh, a woman's eyes actually went into those slit-type pupils. Yeah. I think they call it a cat's eye. And she was in a nursing home, okay? And she mm-hmm. was a very tormented soul. You know, you could tell she was tormented. But what is that? I'm glad you asked that question. The reason is I was filming a a TV movie here in Kansas City, and uh, this lady said that she had some demons in her house. So we we took the camera crew and everything. We went to the lady's house. And my thing is, if I'm going to your house, first thing I want to do is pray for you. I want to check you out first before we go looking through the house for something. So they had the camera on this lady. And as we started praying, her eyes turned to like snake eyes or cat eyes. Instead of it opened up roundly, they opened up sideways, just like you're describing. That means this woman had, uh, it was witchcraft on her. There was somebody had put a curse on her and this spirit was living physically in her. And then another time, I was down in uh, Atlanta, not Atlanta, but I was down in North Carolina. This lady uh, wanted to be a, a pastor of a church. So she went to this pastor and had her, had him to baptize her and ordain her. But he was a warlock. And as she was being baptized, a snake came off the bank, came into the water where she was at, entered into her leg and went inside. And when I think met her, she still had this snake inside of her, a physical snake. So there's a lot of things in the spirit realm that the church is not not used to. They, the witch, witches and warlocks, they know a lot of secrets. And that's why the Bible says the children of this world are wiser than the children of light. They practice their their craft. Most churches, they you know they they want to preach about prosperity and all this, but they don't teach you how to do warfare. They don't teach you what to look out for. That you will not be ignorant to Satan's devices. Now I ain't saying that every church is like that. There's a lot of them that are like that have no knowledge themselves. And how can you teach something when you know nothing about it or had no experience with it? But yeah, those. 
that probably, if you seen that lady with the eyes like that, she probably had a spirit, I mean, living in her. Did I answer your question? That poor thing. I wish I had had more knowledge at the time so I could have helped, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had no idea what to do. I mean, of course, I prayed for her, but I had no idea I needed to go into warfare. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of stuff that, you know, people pray for, and they get the little demons out. And they think, oh, we got the victory. That demon came out, the little one came out. We need to fight the generals. And the only way you fight the generals is that you know what you're doing. God would not let you go into a warfare and you don't know what you're doing because you will be attacked. I have this young young man, well, he just called me the other day. He's been doing deliverance for a while, but he was physically attacked, him and his wife, physically attacked by no human being in the spirit realm that scratched them up. Just like that one about the vagabond Jews, was that thing said, Jesus, we know, Paul, we know, but who are you? And they attacked him and tore their clothes and ran him out butt naked. These things are real. And a lot of things about Hollywood, they, they make it seem like, oh, it's not that bad. You know, yes, there is evil out here, but it ain't that bad. Listen, evil is a rebellion against God. Sin is rebellion against God. Anything that rebels against God is terrible, wicked, and it will be, as they say, will be rewarded at the end. They all have their rewards. We have ours. We go to heaven. They go to hell. All right. Well, I, I tell you what. I guess we'll try to finish up uh, 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 John. The uh, sixth chapter, and let me see where we was at. Let me see here. The, we was on the boat and everything. And if you keep on reading on this, you'll find about the bread of heaven and all this. We'll we'll start there then. We'll uh, the sixth chapter again. So. Anything else you have to add, Dorothy? Uh, no. Um, I'm trying to tie down the... Do you remember what verse it was? I'm looking. <laughs> we just got <laughs> off on so many tangents. I know. Um, but I'm glad. I appreciate all you people who call in and ask questions. I'm telling you. It's a big help. Let me see here. No, it's. Let's see if I can find it here. I believe it was on the water. So, uh, let's try the twenty-second, six and twenty-two. Okay. It says they found. I am the bread of life. Is the name? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know. You notice it's it's six and twenty two, twenty two letters of the Hebrew alphabet. <laughs> there you so go. Easy, easy for me to remember. And in fact, about let me hit a few words right quick. Uh, the Hebrew alphabet. Let me see here. How much time we got here? Ten minutes. All right. 
I'm going to teach the first five letters of the Hebrew alphabet to show how much power this word has. The first five letters, the first letter is called alpha, aleph, aleph. The next letter is called beth. The next one is called gimel. The next one is called dalit. And the next one is called hey. Now, let's go. Knowing the letters, it doesn't help you. It's having knowledge of how the word operates. The word aleph means head or first or ox. It can be, as I told you, it can be one or it can be a thousand different things. But that's the way the Hebrew alphabet is set up. It can mean one thing or it can mean a thousand things. We have to find out how it's used. So the next letter is called Beth. Beth means a place, a dwelling place or a house. Like when you say Bethel, which means the house of God. All right. The third letter is called Gimel. Gimel is shaped like a camel. And it means to give. We're just going. We're not going through everything deep. I just want to go at the surface. It means to give. All right. The next letter is called dalit, which means door or knowledge. All right. But it can be more than that. I'm just giving you the basics. And then the next letter is called hey. Hey means thought, speak, action. All right. Now, if you go back and put those five letters together, the first five letters of the Hebrew alphabet, it gives us a message. See, that's where most people miss. They miss things. That it is a message all through the Hebrew alphabet. So the first letter I gave you was olive. Now, if you spell olive backwards, as I say, it's a message all through this thing. You have to understand how to put it together. If you say pronounce olive backwards, it means mystery. All right, and God said the last shall be first and the first shall be last. A lot of lot of understanding you got to get on this. So the first letter, Aleph, means, as I said, the backwards, say it backwards, it means mystery. And then if you go forward, it means the head. So there's a mystery about the head. Who is the head? God is the head. He's a mystery. Then it says Beth means house or dwelling place. So it's a mystery about the head or where he stays or where he dwells. The Bible says that he's closer to us than our own breath in our mouth. All right. Then the next word says gimel, which means give. So in other words, he, it is the mystery of the head to give you from where he stays something. He's giving you something. Gimel. So then the next letter, the next letter is knowledge. So the mystery of the head, where he dwells, gives us knowledge. Now, we just have four letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And the last letter of it is, um, is uh, thought, speaking, action. So the mystery of the head gives us thought, speaking, action, and how to operate in knowledge. Ain't that something? Are you there? Yeah, that is something. And, and do you remember the first letter. the first st- program you did with us? You covered the Hebrew alphabet. Mm-hmm. I don't think I did all twenty-two letters. I don't remember. I I do so many. I don't either now. 
<laughs> yeah, I got so many things that I do teaching that I have. The Lord has blessed me that I have a, I'm a pastor of a church. I have a Bible study on Fridays. I have a, a service on Sundays. We do exorcisms. And I travel around the United States setting up deliverance teams all through the United States. So I stay busy. (laughs) (laughs) I I enjoy what I do. And that's why I love people to learn. Because the more people learn this, the greater they they get at this, and the more the devil gets beat up. All right. Well, I'm going to see you. We had... Oh, we still got five minutes, huh? Somebody else was calling me on the phone. I thought, uh, I thought we just got through. But anyway, uh, you got any any other things you want to ask about, or anything you've seen that was abnormal, supernatural? No, I don't go out much. So I I was very upset about that poor woman because when she approached me, she was like a. a troubled little girl and and this is an old woman now and her eyes were normal we were there visiting someone else this was a stranger that came up to us so Uh I just didn't quite know how to handle it just and I feel so guilty (laughs) when I do that like I really failed God but she you know and obviously they were Blowing off her state as mental illness, which it really wasn't, mm-hmm. but I knew that so much. <laughs> you know, you can never go farther than your pastor. Whatever this pastor's teaching, that's far as you're going to go, unless you get to a, some another pastor who has more knowledge. So God doesn't look at you as if it was your failure, but he looks at that pastor that's why they said the pastor's got to give an account for the people that he didn't do his job or her job of teaching that a person would know how to fight these things. It was like I went to a mental institution, and I went, and, and this was a miracle of God too, that they allowed me to come in and to do an exorcism on a person. And as I was doing the exorcism on the person. The, the that uh, hospital, they started manifesting, hollering and screaming. Even though I was not in the room with them at all, they started manifesting. Another time, I did an exorcism. I had a, a movie out called Curse the Bell Witch. And I did an exorcism down in Clarksville, Tennessee. And as we were doing a deliverance down there, the dog, we had a dog with us in a cave. So we were breaking the curses. The dog started whimpering like it was a friend. It was a military dog. At the exact same time as we were doing deliverance there, this man was on an Air Force base killing people. So we figured it out. The demons left from there, which were murderous spirits, because that's what we were there casting out, and jumped into this man, and he killed people on the air base down there, Army base, one of the two. So you never know what you're going to run into. Never. All right. Well, if you don't have anything else, let us uh, pray and get ready for dismissal. Would you like to pray, Betty? 
Uh, you want me to pray? Yes, yeah. Father, I lift up our audience to you. You know who they are individually and collectively. You know their needs. You know the doors they need opened. You need the comfort. You know the comfort they need. I plead the blood of the lamb over our audience. And ears to hear and eyes to see in the spirit and knowledge to have the words that they need when they need them and the confidence to speak them. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm glad you brought that up. Let me, I didn't tell the audience, but let me explain right now. How do you anoint with the blood? It's in the book of Leviticus. You take blood and put it on the right ear, the right thumb, and the right toe. And that's how you anoint people with the blood of Christ. All right. Well, tell, uh, in two weeks, I'll talk to y'all then. Have a blessed day. Let the Lord keep you and face shine upon you and give you shalom. Until next time we talk, God bless and God speed. Talk to you later, Dorothy. Father bless everyone. Huh? I said, I'll talk to you later. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. That's all right. Father bless. You have a blessed night. Get some, get out of the chair for a minute or two. Yay. Stretch. <laughs> Yep. So, Father bless everyone, and good night. Amen. God bless. Talk to you later. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.